Welcome to Kamari's Place. I hope you're having a wonderful day, evening, night, or whatever time you're listening to this podcast. Come in, make yourself comfortable, because today we are going to be recapping week seven of 2022. Okay, I kind of left you hanging in the intro. My bad, my bad. I was just so excited to get into this podcast that... um. I couldn't even like actually do a proper intro how I normally do it. Um, but I'm currently in the car, so this is going to be a car podcast. I normally don't do this. I normally like sit down and I have notes written out about what happened this week and what went on. But it's just feeling like a really chaotic, disoriented, but exciting week. So we're just kind of kind of like just dive in and I'm just going to talk about all of the things that come to my mind. And if I forget something, maybe I'll come back later and add something in. But I know that I'm going to be busy tomorrow when I normally um record and I kind of just wanted to do it today so we're going to do it today it is currently Friday January 18th it's been a busy day but it's been a wonderful day there are so many things that are happening um and it's exciting and fun and new um it is not that exciting and it's not that fun and it's not that new but I'm just in a really great mood so everything is more heightened um I just want to start with today so today was Friday, and it was my, one of my best friends, um, one of my male best friends, Manny's. It was his 21st birthday today. So we ended up going to First Watch to celebrate his birthday. We actually were very dissatisfied with like the meals that we had. It was disgusting. Honestly and truthfully, I would give it a two. A two. Like there was not one part of the meal that I actually really enjoyed except for the water and we didn't even have water because <laughs> we didn't ask for it and they didn't offer it. Um so yeah, that was a little bit of a bummer. I ordered something new, so I got like um a breakfast taco and sorry if the audio is messed up. I'm like trying to drive but also have like my hands on the road and all of this different stuff, so forgive me if you cannot hear me well. But um sorry, hold on. Let me get myself together. I got you like strapped into my seatbelt. Hopefully this works well. But anyways, um I got like the breakfast taco and it didn't have any meat in it at all. It was just freaking those generic eggs with no type of seasoning on it some sour cream and avocado and cotija cheese but like it just did not taste good and then I got the a million dollars potatoes which basically had like potatoes with bacon bits and um sour cream on the top which first of all I do not like sour cream um it just wasn't good it was bland It, it fell flat but anyways that's besides the point we had our dinner I was actually a really a little bit nervous um going to not dinner but our our brunch our breakfast I was a little bit nervous prior to meeting with Manny because I'm the type of person where I don't do well with new dynamics like I'm very used to me and Manny talking on the phone like I don't have to look at him face to face we just talk on the phone I'm not used to being in person with him anymore so 
the whole idea of hanging out is a little bit daunting and nerve-wracking or whatever however but it was actually a fun experience there wasn't a lot of pressure the conversation was easy um so that was nice and that was something that my best friend Hannah like warned me about she was like hopefully having a shared environment you can bounce off of your environment to create conversation and that's exactly what happened afterwards we went downtown because we were already downtown so we just kind of like walked around took some pictures then we drove around and took some pictures and the pictures came out great like we got some bangers some of them fell flat but honestly I was so excited that he actually liked his pictures and he found the location that he wanted to so that was the highlight of my morning I did that from like 9 to 11 30 then I had to hurry up and leave downtown make it all the way back to where I live at which is about 30 minutes away from downtown so that I can make it home look at my mommy I see her girl that's my mama anyways we're literally coming from like I'm coming from home she's going towards home like we're switching places but anyways I had to rush home to make it home by 12 p.m. so that I can get on my SGA meeting um that went great we talked about so much stuff and kudos to one of the people that is in our campus congress um senator um slayer he was so spot on with like picking up on what's going on on campus and how we can help certain students like i wasn't even thinking about some of the issues that he was bringing up but i was so happy that he did um it made me feel like a little bit like dang like i am not como city say thinking like that and that's how a leader thinks am i cut out to be a leader but i kind of got over it, whatever but i just had to like commend him in that moment um and then my um one of my um associates Kendra who is the president she was telling us about just like some opportunities that are happening at our school with different positions that are opening up and how we should go for those if the opportunity like arises definitely go for it because there are lots of benefits to being a um, college employee like an official college employee with like actual um, perks and benefits and all that kind of stuff um, and tuition reimbursement and things like that so it got me really excited because of the fact that I feel like I would have a really great shot especially if God graces me and then on top of the path that he has graced me on like I feel like I would have a great shot she would have a great shot um senator slayer which is mitchell like we would have great shots at being able to get these really great positions and opportunities so that was a little bit exciting to hear um the fact that i'm even exposed to hearing that word of mouth and it's kind of connecting to a lot of the things that i read in my textbook frequently um in my human resources um textbook where it talks about or not human resources but human services um and it talks about this idea of social capital and how the more people that you know, the more social capital you get. Like, is the, is the light not green? Is the light not green? I'm sorry that y'all hearing me come on to these say road raging, but it's like you sitting there. Is the night, is the light not green? But it is. They just sitting there. Anyways, um, don't even know what I was talking about literally don't know what I was talking about I actually don't know what I was talking <laughs> I actually don't know what I was talking about I actually do not know what I was talking about anyways I don't know what I was talking about but just like the opportunity oh social capital yeah 
the more people that you know um, in these exclusive arenas and how you get this this word of, oh my gosh, this freaking bus is driving ridiculously. Thank you. Ugh. Ugh. Anyways, girl. I'm sorry, these people drive it crazy on the road. Social capital. Yeah, just even being able to be in these Como City say positions. Like it was saying in our textbook, a lot of job opportunities, the great ones, the ones that are very beneficial, they're not gonna be on a job posting or you're not gonna know that it's on a job posting. But it's you being in those closed doors and those Como City say meeting rooms and those Zoom chat rooms talking to certain people that you would know that these things are happening or you would get a um a update on it a little bit earlier than other people so with that being said that was just so excited to see that happening and unfolding in real life the week this week was very like a tiring week like i was so tired this week because the super bowl was on sunday which i did want to talk about um I don't watch football. I'm not a football watcher, but I'm starting to get into sports because like my my nephew is starting to play sports. He plays football and it's like I don't know. Like I'm being more exposed to sports, therefore I'm kind of growing a fonder appreciation of things like football and basketball and all that kind of stuff. So, I asked my nephew who he was rooting for. He said he was rooting for the Rams. And I said, okay, well, I guess I'm going to root for them too. And I was like, I want to root for the team that's the underdog. Like whoever, whatever team that everybody else is rooting for, I don't want to root for that team. So at first I thought everybody was rooting for the Rams. And I was like, I don't know if I want to root for the Rams. But then I found out that a lot of people were really supporting the Bengals. And I was like, okay, for that reason, I do not want to support them. I want to support the Rams. I want to support the Rams. And I'm so happy that I stuck beside them. I am so happy that I'm going to stick beside him because when at the opening point, I was like, I don't know if I want to stick beside them. But I was so happy that I was loyal to them, right? Because loyalty pays off, right? They ended up winning the Super Bowl 2022. The Rams won and like I was rooting for them. So that means that I won basically in so many words. Um, and when I told my best friend, because I told her, okay, we, we, we rooting for the Rams. Like you don't have a choice. We rooting for the Rams. And she said, okay, we rooting for the Rams. So I told her like, oh, look at our team. Our team won. She was like, for now on, that's going to be our team. And I said, you know what? That is going to be our team. We don't even like football, but you know how people have favorite teams? That is our team now. And I just love how my best friend and I consistently make traditions and like, I don't know, special special things like shared meaning um we consistently create and curate shared meaning amongst us and like just sentimental things and so i'm very excited and proud to say that the rams are indeed our favorite team the week and so because i stayed up late because we were at my grandfather's house watching the game we like ate barbecue my mom cooked jambalaya rice and baked beans and macaroni and my cousin he barbecued and it was the whole shebang happening everything was happening so i was up late i woke up on monday morning i had to go to school um later on that evening at like or that morning at like 11 a.m school was cool whatever whatever I don't see anything like significant other than my professor's teaching style I like one of the professors that I peer mentor for I like how he's a black man and so his teaching is evident of the fact that he's a black man so the 
different course material that he references like extra or external sources and things like that normally when you have a white teacher and they're like oh I saw this you know video that I think ties well into the module that we're reading if it's a white teacher more than likely it's gonna be like something from a white source which is nothing against them because that's what they know that's what they gravitate towards that's what they can identify with and they can easily make connections between that and whatever they're teaching at the moment and so the same thing happened for this professor who happened to be a black man I loved how he showed the examples of like success from a black point of view like he showed um Wayne talking about success he t- showed P. Diddy and it actually went into depth about like the core principles that P. Diddy follows um for his personal success and a lot of the points that were being made were valid points but you got to see it delivered in a different way and the namely Como City say diverse and flavorful and cultural um inclusive way if that makes any sense so it was very happy to see that also later on on Monday I had a conversation with some people who work in student engagement I work closely with them because I'm a part of SGA and I'm a part of peer mentoring and so that's all within the student engagement um, umbrella and I was attending a a Moja event or a Moja event a Moja event which is like our black student association and I just got into a really great conversation with the advisor for that um, for that group as well as like the president and we were just talking about things that are very common things that me and Hannah talk about all the time just from a black perspective of looking at our school and our surroundings and seeing how there's a lack of representation and diversity within like the leadership and executive roles in a lot of organizations he was talking about how he's like literally like one of five black men in his division and really it's a little bit even less like I only can name two black men in his division if we're talking about student engagement and so it just it creates problems because you cannot accurately represent and serve your your population if the people who are leading those um tasks are not representative of that population. It's not to say that we do not need white people in leadership roles because we do because a certain amount of the population are white individuals. We need white men, we need white women, we need black men, we need black women, we need Latino women, we need um, Latino men, we need Asian men and Asian women. Like we need diversity, we need Native Americans, Pacific Islanders, we need people from different backgrounds and ethnicities and races and walks of life and classes so that you can give a well-rounded approach to these different projects that you are implementing on campus to serve your campus. And we were talking about the fact that our school is a predominantly Hispanic-serving campus, right? An institution that predominantly serves Hispanic people. Yet, the people who are como se dice in faculty positions, leadership positions, executive positions are all people who do not fully represent that large majority of Latino people who you're supposed to be serving. And it's to the point where it actually causes legitimate problems. Like there's a lot of people that don't speak Spanish in the front office positions like admissions and student advising and things like that. So how can you accurately serve your students if you have a language barrier? And so we need Latino people who can speak Spanish and other people who also can speak Spanish so that we can serve these people. The same thing for all of the other different races and ethnicities that the students represent and fall into. 
so that was just such a cool conversation and we talked a lot about like how the black community um how we're like not afforded a lot of opportunities so we're really behind on things like financial literacy and things like that but then I liked that our conversation wasn't really harping on the fact that that was the case and it was like it was more so acknowledging that that this that that is the case but then also acknowledging how we are como city say planning to um planning to combat that you know what i mean to mitigate that that discrepancy that we're seeing within our communities you know what you know what I mean like a lot of the times people love to whine and complain about how black people are always talking about all of the different commodities say um adversities that they go through and then they whine and complain about us making ourselves victims what I will say is that certain people do victimize themselves but a large majority of the people that I'm around and I can really just speak for myself and my immediate community when you hear me talking about the injustices that are happening and the adversities that black people face, never am I ever como city say trying to um, make excuses for why I can't succeed. I'm just merely pointing out an explanation of why it is a lot more harder for me to succeed. Not that I'm not going to try just because the odds are stacked against me. No, you see what I'm doing. You see me out here. I'm still como city say thriving in in spite of como city say these adversities but just because i'm thriving doesn't mean that they're not there it just means that i'm como city say combating against it some people decide to be complacent and some people decide to combat it's just a matter of which route you want to take but i hate it when people make people of color pointing out the fact that there are injustices um i hate when they try to mitigate the fact that we're pointing that out like oh my gosh you're automatically victimizing yourself just because you're pointing that out and it's like no no you can still point that out while also taking personal accountability and still choosing to combat and work and put in effort in all these kind of things um in spite of the fact that these are the odds that are stacked against you i know that i'm not really fully como city say articulating my thoughts exactly how i want to but you get the gist like you can still como city say hold others accountable while also holding yourself accountable and me holding a system accountable isn't trying to como city say innately um shift blame and responsibility off myself to someone else is merely pointing out the fact that they also have a part to play in this como city say game that is my life basically you have a part and i have a part it's macro and micro period i'm going to talk about that more in detail later but that's all i wanted to talk about that's all i wanted to touch on right now but what i will say what i learned from that conversation is that if the lord wills I really would like the opportunity to build a black family. I see that it's so prevalent, or at least it feels like it's so prevalent amongst black um, individuals who are deciding to start breaking these generational curses, so to speak, or these generational traumas, like starting to break the cycle and actually create some um, socioeconomic mobility. Like we're starting to go upward on that scale. Um, and we're breaking out of the different um, sections and the different categories um, that have been placed on us. And we are combating the stigmas that are placed on us. And we're just really genuinely thriving in these marginalized areas. I'm seeing that it feels like as though it's a trend that a lot of the times black people who are identifying with that type of shift, um, it feels like there's not a lot of units of that. Like I do see a lot of them, but on a mainstream, it all almost feels like, um, 
I'm not, como se dice, backing up. You can keep going. Thank you. I'm not backing up. My car is off. I'm not backing up. My car is off. I'm not backing up. My car is off. I'm getting out of the car. Thank you. Thank you. I'm in the parking lot and everybody want to always stop behind your car thinking that you're backing up. I'm not backing up. I'm not. I'm sitting in my car talking on my podcast. But anyways, sometimes it feels like, and I'll speak from my personal perspective. Growing up, I always have felt like, como se dice, um, and I've only got this once, so I'm not even going to make it seem like it's this whole situation. I remember this one specific como se dice incidents when I was in high school, and I was sitting at the table, and I carry myself in a certain way. I'm still a black woman, period, point blank, non-negotiable. But the way that I express my blackness may be different than the way that certain other people express their blackness as a black woman or as a black woman, X, Y, Z, et cetera, et cetera. And so because I decide to, and it's not that it's like even a conscious decision, because my blackness is expressed in a sometimes non-conventional route, a lot of the times people will try to downplay your blackness and like make you seem as you're not black enough and as if you're not down for the culture and so a lot of the times they'll try to put you in a box oh Kamara you carry yourself like this oh my gosh you're so proper oh my gosh you're so sophisticated da, da, da. Your, aste- your aesthetic is this you're definitely gonna um, marry a white man and it's like who said that I had to marry a white man who said that now I don't have anything against a white man because sometimes y'all be handsome but who said I had to marry y'all just because you know what I mean so I really don't like that type of stigma that is sometimes placed on black women and black men that if you are como se dice um moving up in a certain way or moving in certain realms and traditionally white spaces or if you're taking on jobs and careers that are traditionally white and if you are just living in a different realm that has typically not been afforded to black people all of a sudden that means that you have to como se dice like marry outside of your race and I really want to be a part of the representation to show other black people who may not be able to see that type of positive representation that you can still like air quote make it out the hood or make it out the mud or like you know succeed in other realms that are traditionally not afforded to black people you can do that without having to marry out of your race because a lot of the times for black people marrying out of your race is synonymous with marrying up that's what I'm seeing that people like to correlate that to and I'm I'm not sure if I'm projecting but I feel like that couldn't be could be a common thing that a lot of people subscribe to is that marrying outside of your race automatically means that you're marrying up and I want to set an example that while I am como se dice succeeding and progressing and all this kind of stuff I can find a black man that can also do that together and we can have black children that are also creating that same type of momentum like you don't have to start creating biracial children in order to do this you know what I mean and again it's nothing against como se dice mixed race and um interracial couples because I genuinely truly love people of all different races and ethnicities like I if you're fine you're fine that's period that's my como se dice philosophy but if I could marry a black man I would love to just to show that it's not like a oh it was a given that she was going to marry a white man oh it was a given that she was going to marry somebody that wasn't black because xyz because she holds herself in this matter or whatever however you know what I mean sometimes it feels like we put each other's in put each other in boxes of like oh I definitely feel like because you're going in this route you're definitely going to marry a white man and it's just to say that there are other people out there maybe it is few far and limited because sometimes because of legitimate factors it does 
almost cut off the dating pool for black men uh, for black women the dating pool is significantly reduced for black women because a lot of black men like they're just if we're looking at the numbers there just simply are not enough black men um in comparison to black women you know what i mean and if you take on in if, if you take into account all of these other um environmental factors such as incarceration rates and education rates and da 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 like we're seeing that it just continuously lessens the pool but just because the pool is lessened doesn't mean that it's non-existent if that makes any sense and so it just made me want to be intentional about building a black family and even if I como city say marry outside of my race I would love to even marry just a minority in general like just give me something but even if I had to even not had to but even if I happen to marry somebody like who isn't black or somebody who is white or whatever in between I just would want to be intentional about making sure that I'm maintaining the integrity of black culture within my own um, relationship and not having to como se dice become synonymous with whiteness in order to become synonymous with successful you know what I mean and I feel like sometimes that's the image that is projected and I want to make sure that I'm contributing to um upping the image of strong black couples who are becoming successful in breaking these poverty strikes that are streaks that are happening within our community and breaking these como se dice um poverty mindsets and building generational wealth and all that kind of stuff like I really would like to do that with a black man if the lord wills I would like to do that with any man but please give me one like give me a black man that's handsome I'll do that I'll take one I'll take one for sure um but if it doesn't happen that way I'm fine I just want to be with somebody that ultimately respects me respects my culture respects my values and all of the different internet intersectionalities that are included with my identities um so yeah I'm going to be in the parade tomorrow on Saturday. I'm actually really excited. I believe we're going to get to ride on the float, which I'm so excited for because the last times that I have been in the parade when I was in high school, I was in JLTC. So I had to literally like walk the whole entire time holding a rifle, staying in step, calling cadences. It was giving a lot. And now I'm moving up, girl. I'm moving on up. So now I get to ride on the float, girl. I done made a tutu and everything. So now I'm at Walmart trying to get some... um some leggings for my um for my thingy I'm really hot and I feel tired I'm gonna come back maybe later and um close this off or possibly add more and then close it off but this is all that I wanted to talk about now yeah this is what's happening in week seven so far um i'll be back and if i'm not i'll be back to close it off see you guys soon it'll be a millisecond for you it'll be like a good stretch of time for me so i am back it's the next day saturday guys i don't not know why but lately i could never get a rested sleep like i could never get a good night's rest Every single morning I wake up, I feel tired. Every single morning I wake up, I feel exhausted. And I do this thing where I dig myself into digger holes of exhaustion instead of just taking more time to rest. Like, I will know that I'm tired, like literally eyes wanting to shut down, wanting to be done. But instead of like, 
taking a moment and like relaxing or taking another nap or going back to sleep, I find myself continuously scrolling on Instagram, scrolling on YouTube, scrolling, 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 all this scrolling and for what reason? Just to make myself more tired when I already know I'm tired. And here's the thing. I have to leave this house by like 2.50. It's already 11.37 for the parade. And you can't be late because by the time 3.30 hits, all the roads are going to be closed. And I feel so tired. And it's going to be from 3 to 10. I think I'm going to have to leave at 2.30 so that I can go and get some coffee. uh, And then make my way down there. But yeah, I'm super tired. But with that being said, I did want to talk about some of my habits this week because I didn't talk about that. All of my habits this week went down the drain. Like all of them went down the drain this week. No type of structure, rhythm, habits, none of that existed. Um, What happened? So as far as spiritual habits, like doing a devotional 30 minutes every morning, engaging with the word, that was kind of like non-existent. Uh, most morning, mornings throughout this week, I did not like do an in-depth reading. Like normally I would like read a chapter or at least read a scripture. But this week, I'm more so focused on like constructing the message that I'm working on. So I was kind of just focusing on the notes that I had already written down from studying the scripture and putting it together. And I considered that to be my devotional but it didn't feel like it was like um like fully engaging. You know what I mean? Uh and then on other mornings when I was too tired to wake up or whatever and I wake up late, I felt like I didn't have enough time. Like I would just put on like, you know, worship music and just like try to do a prayer. But I noticed that like even my prayers were not very consistent. Like normally I would either choose to like read in the morning or choose to like actually prayer journal. And I have not been prayer journaling. And that's something that I really want to keep up doing because it's just good to have a consistent prayer life of always sending up like prayers and talking to God. So I need to start that back this week. I also need to start back like actual devotional settings aside time, like consecrating time. I think that was the biggest problem. It wasn't per se the content. Like, yes, I wasn't reading, but I would have been okay if I wasn't in like in-depth reading a chapter a day because that's not the goal the goal is just to engage with like uh god and like building my spiritual life and it's supposed to do that like undistractedly and like un un like I don't even know what I'm trying to say, like without distraction, like I'm supposed to set aside 30 minutes each day and consecrate that time. And whatever I choose to do that time with God, that's what I choose to do. It doesn't have to be an in-depth study. It doesn't have to be an in-depth prayer journal. As long as like my heart is in it, my mind is in it, my soul is in it and I'm focused and I'm not halfway doing it. And so that was more so the problem than anything is that I did not maintain that 30 minute slot of just consecrating time I would kind of go and start constructing like my message art kind of go and start reading kind of go and start worshiping kind of go and start praying but like didn't fully do it like I wasn't fully in it so that's the big critique that I have for myself for this week um the next thing was working out I did not work out any time this week it was partially because um it was partially because on Tuesday, uh, our water pump went out, right, on Tuesday. 
or at least it was starting to go out. And so I was like, Tuesday mornings, I usually work out. Thursday mornings, I work out. And Friday mornings, I work out. And I was like, I don't want to work out and then, like, not be able to, like, shower. Like, I don't want to make myself more sweaty than I need to be um, if I don't know if we're going to be able to, like, shower at home tonight. Um, So, basically, our water pump went out. The story of a couple city say, I'm not even a homeowner, but my parents are. So, that's just, like issues that homeowners go through and we were trying to look for the pump the pump is nowhere to be found nobody actually has the pump da, 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 da. so fast forward to the end of the week we finally found a pump but now my dad is working on actually fixing the tank and so that's been taking some time like they're getting closer but my dad and my mom keep running in and out of the house to go get this part and go get that part so basically we've been without water for the better part of a Como City state running water because we have water because luckily we have like a reservoir or well um that's how where I live how we collect water um so we have water but it's just not running water uh so that was pretty much one of the biggest factors that contributed to why I didn't work out as much this week even though I could have showered I just didn't have like that warmth running water and the hot water to like make me feel like I was clean so I kind of just like you know what no I'm not going to and it made me realize that working out to a to an extent can be a luxury that maybe other people wouldn't have um and I think just like this whole entire situation with the water in general just made me take a second to be super grateful for all that I have it made me really realize just how um, privileged I am in many senses and how um, how many luxuries that I'm afforded just day to day as far as like small things like running water. Um, and so I just I remember it was like at one point throughout this week where I was just kind of like just meditating and I was really just like talking to God just for a quick second and telling him like, you really have looked down on me and like extended me so much favor and so much grace like when I think about God and my relationship with him and my interactions with him it has always been such a graceful and gracious experience where I think about so many different instances in my life where they have relatively went well or even if they haven't went well it has ended well and I just feel so fortunate and blessed to be able to have that type of life where it's like challenging things have arose but it wasn't that bad or challenging things have arose but I've always been able to see the good in it small things like being able to have a car when I needed to have a car I remember when I was in high school I really 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 wanted to like have a car in high school and drive out of high school but that was more so of a Como City say like want, not really a necessity. But when it got to the point where I actually needed a car because I was going to be going to college, my schedules was going to be way different than my mom's and my dad's and I needed to have like individual transportation. When that need actually arose, it was met. Whenever I needed a car, like the way that it all worked out, I was able to get a car. When I think about my father and his story and him getting in such a tragic accident when I was like in seventh grade, two days before my birthday, he got in a really bad accident where the car caught on fire and it like burned 60% of his body. 
of his like skin surface on his body, right? And normally when that happens, first of all, more more than likely most people die. But even if they do survive, just getting through the recovery process of that intense pain is already like you know, is like lucky to even get through that recovery process. And then from there to be able to recover from the new changes of your body. You know, I'm just so grateful that I still have my father here today when I could have very well lost him considering the tragedy and the severity of the accident that he went in. And then also just like small things of how like he was able to maintain his identity. Like most um, sometimes when you see like burn survival, um, survivors, even though it's so grateful, like, um, it's such a, like a miracle for them to be alive. Sometimes they experience super altering, like, um, changes as far as like their physical appearance. Um, my dad was able to maintain like his face, like his face wasn't, you know, um, had to like change drastically, even though like he did have a lot of body changes and limited in his like his reach and his flexibility. He's still here and thriving and like a working man that is fully functioning and able and capable. And for him to go through that traumatic experience, it really could have damaged him a lot more than it has, even though he still goes through certain things and still has went through so much. So that's another really big feat that I thank God so much for just literally allowing me to just still have my father. You know, I'm not going to get emotional, but that's a really big thing that I'm so, so grateful for because I love my parents and I love my father and everything. Um, things like my best friend and just things like my, my intimate circle. Um, he's always had me covered. Like he's always sent me someone and considering my Como Sinise personality, I am not the type of person to make friends and go out and grab friends and like attract them to me. My lifestyle has usually been somebody has chosen me to be their friend and I just so happen to be their friend. And God has allowed uh, people to be in my life and he has placed people in my life in certain positions for them to be my friend and for them to be my support system so that I don't have to go through life alone. And so that that's been very, um, uh, I've been so thankful for that. Uh, but anyways, that's besides the point. Those are just like three top three things that I always come to my mind every time I'm thinking about certain things and how, just how, uh, gracious God has been. But to the water situation, another thing that I was so grateful for, you know how people say like just traveling internationally internationally could really like change your life um and it changes the way that you approach the road and like it makes you a changed person I never really like understood the gravity of that and how that could actually like manifest I wasn't really like you know aware of that until you get to certain points like this where you don't have wanting um running water which is a luxury in America and in other developed places and the road, having running water is like a luxury. It's like first world type of situations. And so for many Americans, if you go without water, Kobozuri say it would be like such a shell shock. Like, what do I do? How am I going to take a shower? How am I going to bathe? Um, but because I have gotten the the chance to experience, and this is not a sole reason, like you can learn to adapt in many other ways. But I can say personally for me and my family, I felt like we were able to adapt a lot 
uh, more quickly and efficiently because of the fact that we've already experienced what it has been like to not have running water. Um, And we experienced that when I traveled to St. Martin with my grandparents where they used to live in St. Martin and my uncle still live there. And so usually when we travel to St. Martin, we would just stay with my grandmother because like you can save money without having to go to a hotel. But in St. Martin, my grandmother's house had no central AC. So there was no AC running throughout the house and the pipes and the ducts and stuff. You just had to open up the windows and have some fans on the floor and plug it up to electricity. My grandmother did not have running water. My A normal lifestyle for my grandmother was to go out to the well, gather water in buckets, put it on the stove, boil the water, pour it in the buckets, put it in the shower, and you shower out of your bucket with your little cup and you pour it on you. And this is a very familiar lifestyle to many people in Haiti, in St. Martin, in Africa, in South uh maybe even South Asian countries, Latin countries, like this is a normal thing that people just be doing and it doesn't have to feel like, oh my gosh, like what are you doing? It's just like a part of life because you just don't have the luxuries of having running water and electricity sometimes. And so because I got to experience that, us having a base out of a bucket wasn't that big of a deal. Now, what I will say is on the days that I actually had to go to campus and I was out and about like outside and stuff like that, I would go to my aunt's house. Like we would just go over to my aunt's house since she lives like five minutes away. We would go over there and take our showers and then we would come back home. So even in that, like I still had a choice and I definitely did take the more Como City say luxurious route, which it wasn't that luxurious, but you get what I'm trying to say. Um, But if push came to shove and we didn't have anybody around us, I would have definitely bathed out of that bucket every single day of this week. Um, But on the days where like I was just basically at home, I wasn't outside, I wasn't sweating, I didn't go out to many places, I just did the whole thing. Went around the house, went to our little well, turned on the faucet, put the water in a bucket, brought it inside. Como said, he say, boiled some water on that stove, poured it in our bucket, got the cup and got started to washing. That was nothing to me because we've already experienced what it's like to do that. Um, and so that even made me grateful to even just have that experience to experience another way of life so that when my life wasn't the way that it normally is, I could Como City say fall back on the experience that I had experiencing another way of life and it was able to it allowed me to be able to adapt basically I just wanted to say that I'm noticing that in the morning time I cannot talk like literally because I haven't brushed my teeth yet because I haven't got out of the bed so I'm finding that when I don't brush my teeth <laughs> like straight out in the morning like first thing when I wake up I cannot talk so I'm gonna actually make a note of that so if I ever have to give an important speech I'm not talking in the morning like first thing when I'm waking up because this happened the same time last week and that's why I had to re-record the podcast because my words weren't together and I feel like I'm tripping over my tongue um but those were two things that I wanted to update you on so the whole thing about like my habits they just got derailed then the whole experience of like not having water and things like that like that got derailed um that influenced some of my habits but yeah it just made me grateful it's such a gracious experience also it allows you to be a lot more humble and just like just appreciative and humble and open and adaptable and I like that 
Um, but I'm looking forward to having our water back again. Please, please, please. Let's hope that my father uh, can go ahead and fix the water. One thing that I know about my father is that I am so confident in his abilities. Whenever anything ever goes wrong, we know he's going to figure it out somewhere, somehow, some way. And so... I'm just waiting till the water comes on. It's not really a question of if, but it's just a question of when the Lord will grace him to be able to get everything together and come on city state, put it together. But anyways, I'm going to go ahead and just relax for just one second uh, and just collect my mind and my thoughts and things like that. And then pretty soon I'm going to be getting ready. I got to figure out how I'm going to wear my hair. I'm going to be getting ready. And then from there, the rest will be history. Talk to you later. Bye. Oh, let me go ahead and do a, um, an official closing. As always, my friends, peace, positivity, productivity, prosperity, and a gossip perspective to you and everyone you know. And until next time, bye.